sukoon will be found in the hearts of human beings. Respected brothers and elders, if someone has turned his face away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or should I say the very first stage of acquiring sukoon-e-kalb, sukoon-e-kalb, itminan, contentment of the heart, the first stage, the foundation of it, is to declare La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And you build on that La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. The more closer, the more powerful, the more active you become with the kalima, the more sukoon you get in the heart. Without a doubt. But anyone who has disconnected himself from Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And if he was to say to you that Oh, I am at ease, I have peace, I have, I can feel tranquility, I have everything, I have no problems. There is satisfaction inside me. Then Quranically in the Islamic terminology that person is a liar. Why? Because a disbeliever can never be satiated, can never be satisfied. Sukoon is something that you cannot see. It is invisible, like jinns, you can't see it. Angels, you can't see them. But they are there, creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sukoon is only given to that person who has a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why for those people who are disconnected with Allah or are in the realm of kufr, when Allah has described them in the Quran that they are only doing zulm to themselves, it is zulm to do shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna shirka la zulmun azim. So when a person turns his face away from Allah, it is zulm, it is unnatural. It is like that lady who cannot bear a child and to satisfy her inner urge she has a plastic dolly, a plastic dolly and she is cradling the plastic dolly trying to satisfy her own urge that how it would be to have a real child of my own. There is a fundamental difference between a plastic dolly and a child that Allah gives you, a human being, boy or a girl, fundamental difference. When you worship Allah, when you make ruku to Allah, when you make sujood to Allah, there's a fundamental difference. If I was to say to you that the late Prime Minister of India, Nehru, was seen to make ruku, inclined, his head was down, the head inclining and the hands on the kneecap, and he was seen to make ruku. A lot of people would discredit that. No, that's false. How would the late Prime Minister Nehru be in the posture of ruku? 
But yet, if you pick up the Hindustan Times of 1963, a picture was blown up on the front page where Nehru was seen in the posture of Ruku, exactly like how the Muslims make Ruku. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran has declared that sukoon will only be given to that person when the needle of his heart is pointing towards Allah. The needle of the heart is pointing towards Allah, like the compass. Like the compass that we have to find out where the Qibla is. You look at the needle. As Muslims, we are required to look. Can we have the mobile phones switched off please? Jazakallah. The needle of the heart should be pointing towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the fact is, yes, Nehru was in that posture of ruku. But the difference was that Nehru was not doing ruku to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he was only paying tributes and homage to the late Mahatma Gandhi. It was his birthday. So he was just paying tributes to Mahatma Gandhi and he went into Ruku'ah. And we see people, millions and thousands of people, imitating exactly what the Muslims would do. And this is the usul, because it is only natural for a human being to bow down to Allah. So when someone turns his face away from Allah and he doesn't do Ruku' to Allah, then he needs something else that will compensate or that will give him an artificial satisfaction and they will bow down to human beings or whatever that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in the Quran even Muslims today don't, don't find that peace and solace why? because the more you turn away from Islam the more you are deprived of sukoon and chan And Allah is saying, come close to me and I will give you salvation. And what is the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul kulub. The greatest zikr is the Quran. The Quran is the light. And when you adopt sharia, when you believe in the Quran and when you implement sharia in your life and the teachings of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when you breathe in, when you inhale and exhale the Qur'an, then that light is inside you, my respected brothers and elders. It is nothing but the Qur'an. Take time out. Read the Qur'an. Understand the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in His beautiful words, from day one has challenged the entire humanity in the Qur'an. وَإِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبْدِنَا O people, if you are in doubt as to what we have revealed upon our servant Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِّن مِثْلِ Then produce one surah that is comparable to the Qur'an. One surah that is equivalent to إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرُ فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ إِنَّ شَانِئَكَ هُوَ الْأَبْتَرِ Compare it with one surah. فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِّن مِثْلِ 
Call your allies. Get all your allies together and rival with the Quran. See if you can produce something that is comparable to the Quran. in kuntum If you are truthful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Hakim and Aleem. He himself says, فَإِلَّمْ تَفْعَلُوا وَلَنْ تَفْعَلُوا No human being has that power to produce anything of the sort that is like the Quran. فَاتَّقُوا النَّارَ الَّتِي O insan, fear the fire of Jahannam. وَقُودُهَا النَّاسُ وَالْحِجَارَةِ The fuel of that Jahannam is stones and human beings. أُعِدَّتْ لِلْكَافِرِينَ Allah has prepared that Jahannam for those who are not shukr for the disbelievers in this world. May Allah save us from Jahannam. The greatest ni'mah that we have. The Arabs were so proud of their language, the Arabic language, that anyone who could not speak Arabic, they would say he is ajami. And you know what ajami means? Ajami means a dumb person. For them, the language of Arabic was everything. And when the revelation Allah revealed to the Prophet, that was the peak of the Arabic language. The Arabs were masters of their language. So if you didn't know Arabic, you were ajami. You were not educated. You were dumb in their language. And in that time in Makkah, the revelation comes down. Prophet wasallam is challenging all the poets that were there. Come, compete with the Qur'an. Labid ibn Rabiya, the famous poet in Arabia, the contemporary of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam. His poetry was so powerful and striking that the annual fair of Uqaz, where all the people would gather and poetry would be spoken out in the open, his poetry, his power in the Arabic language was so powerful that when he spoke out poetry, the other Arabs, poets, famous people would make sajda to him, would go down in prostration to him. That is the command he had in the Arabic language. Very famous. Sab'ul Mu'allaqa is a book that is taught in the Darul Uloom when you become an alim, a scholar. Very difficult book indeed. It's full of poetry. And Labid ibn Rabia, his poetry would be hung on the wall of the Kaaba for one year so everyone who comes and makes tawaf, all the public would read the, the shairi of Labid ibn Rabia. He took great pride. And when this ayat karima was revealed that the Prophet ﷺ is challenging the whole of Arabia with the Arabic language, with the Qur'an. He composed a few verses in the Arabic language to rival with the Qur'an and he told one of his friends to go and put this on the wall of Kaaba, see if there is anything that can challenge my work in the Arabic language. One of the companions saw the work of Labid bin Rabia at that time being a writer, he went home and he wrote some verses of the Qur'an and he put the verses of the Qur'an with the poetry of Labid on Khan Aqaba. The next morning when Labid bin Rabia 
he had great pride in his work. Every day in the morning he would see and he would notice that he was unchallenged. But this time in the morning he saw some Arabic inscription. And he took time out to read the verses of the Quran. When he read the Quran, he called all the people in Arabia at that time, in Mecca, whoever they were, the, the Meccans, the Mushrikeen. And he said to them that these verses are not man-made verses. These ayats are not man-made. You need a superhuman brain to write anything of the sort. And he said, these verses are divine verses from only one God and that is Allah. And he went to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, surrendering himself to Abu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the famous poet of Arabia surrenders in front of the Quran that you, Allahu Akbar, pro proclaim to the people. And on the hands of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he uttered, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was so enchanted by the verses of the Qur'an, being a great poet, he retired forever from writing poetry altogether. He never ever wrote any poetry after that. In fact, in the time of Amirul Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Amirul Mu'mineen called him and he said, Labid, it's been years that we haven't heard your poetry. Utter some poetry, shairi, in front of me. Even then, Hazrat Labid bin Rabia said, no, no, no. I have stopped after the revelation of the Qur'an. There is no poetry out of the mouth of Labid bin Rabia. The Qur'an is enough for the whole world. Take time out, my respected brothers and elders. Anybody who studies the Qur'an with an objective, then the Qur'an is kafi for him. The Qur'an is shafi for him. The Qur'an is enough for him. Some of the predictions, we don't have time. Incredible prediction. The Fir'aun of Musa, alayhi salatu wassalam. When the ayats were revealed to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the only information we had of the Pharaoh of Moses, Musa alayhi salam, at that time was in the Bible. The book of Exodus, where the Bible says that Pharaoh and all the chariots that were with him and all his hosts, the water came, returned, and they were all drowned. That was the only information that the world had of Fir'aun at that time. We are going back 3,000 years. And verses in the Qur'an were revealed, giving Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam precise explanation of the events that took place in the time of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. And the Qur'an is unique, because every book in the world will only tell you that Pharaoh, Fir'aun drowned. But the Qur'an is unique. The Qur'an does not say Fir'aun drowned. The Qur'an is unique. The Qur'an is unchallenged. People say, Muslims, the Qur'an came from the Bible. What Bible? Musa alayhi salam, Fir'aun, Ramas is the, the second and also his son, the mummy of Marnataf. That mummy, the Quran says, Allah says not only was Firon drowned, but the, 
The second Allahu Akbar prediction that the Quran makes is that Allah says, I will preserve his body for you for generations to see his body that that person who claimed in his life that ana rabbukum ala there is no one greater than me Allah is saying look at this Firaun even the people in the year 2001 even the people in the 1970s even the people Allahu Akbar after 20 years will have that opportunity to see the mummy the body of Pharaoh why because the Quran is saying Allah has preserved his body Imagine how unusual it might be at that time, in the time of the companions, when they had no knowledge of if the Pharaoh's body was intact or not. Professor Lorette in 1898 found the body of the Pharaoh of Musa alayhi salam and the whole body was intact. Everything intact. And even today if you want to go and see the body of that Pharaoh, which is described in the Quran, all you have to do is go to Cairo and visit the, the mummy section and you will see Pharaoh there. In fact, Professor Maurice Bukel, the French Muslim scientist, at that opportunity, the Egyptian government gave him the permission and he actually examined the body of Pharaoh. And he said that if anyone wants to see the authenticity, the haqqaniyat of the Qur'an, all they should do is go to Egypt and see the body of Fir'aun and put the ayat of the Qur'an in front of them where Allah says, فَالْيَوْمَ نُنَجِّيكَ بِبَدَنِكَ لِتَكُونَ لِمَنْ خَلْفَكَ آيَةً Whilst all the scriptures say that Fir'aun died and he was drowned, the Qur'an says no, he, he drowned, but... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved his body for generations to come so that people can take ibrat, a lesson from Fir'aun. This is Qur'an. This is Qur'an, my respected brothers and elders. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we make amal on what has been said and we become total, totally obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa akhiru dawana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.